Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not trying to push annual COVID shots on the United States of America. Check it out, Dr. Anthony Fauci. I thought he retired, but he's on MSNBC this morning saying we all need a yearly booster. He should be behind bars. Yeah, it didn't sit well with me either. I was watching it live and I was like, somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. It's a wild Friday. We're going to get into it with Bill Hemmer. He is the co-host of America's Newsroom. Tommy Lahren will be here, of course. She's on the outnumbered couch over on Fox right now. And... uh Diamond Dave Landau, who's joining us from the Ice House out in Pasadena. And the word on the street is Lincoln Fela will be crashing the party, uh, or as he calls it, the show he's been carrying for three years. When this show turned three last week, I got a card from Lincoln that said, <laughs> he's congrats, congratulations on hosting the show I've carried for the last three years. Pretty funny stuff. So Lincoln will be here as well. And you, of course, welcome to crash this party with your fine self at 888 888- Seven eight eight nine nine one zero. It is a show that has one rule and one rule only. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. We don't care, man. Just don't be a. That is all. Happy Friday. Uh, I was on the Hannity show last night with Sean Hannity and the two Nigerian brothers who beat up Jussie Smollett. It was as much fun as I've ever had doing anything. It was so funny. We'll get into it as the show goes on. Uh, I will be on Martha McCallum this afternoon, and I will be on Hannity again tonight. Uh, tomorrow, if you're trying to f- watch some television, I am hosting the big Saturday show at 5 p.m. And then I am on One Nation, One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. And while I am on One Nation, Dr. Anthony Fauci will be pushing endless boosters. And I got to tell you, I'm just going to jump right in. It's a feel good Friday, man. The kids coming on. My buddies are here. I got a lot of TV. I'm always excited to get on the telly and wear a fabulous shirt like the one I'm wearing right now. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a. Halfway decent shirt. All right. Well, it's pretty cool. I think you'd like it if you saw. I'm just going to stop the shirt talk. Move on to Fauci. We'll save the buzzer for Fauci. It's a it's a tough fashion crowd in the control room today. But uh, here is Fauci. And I just I know everybody listening has suffered an immense amount of covid fatigue. Okay, to the point of exhaustion. Nobody wants to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. We're not living in that world. Three years ago yesterday was the day the lockdowns began. Most of the country was done with COVID fear porn by about September, October of 2020. Most of the country. Okay, there were people, if you lived in blue states, that kept wearing one mask, two masks, can't believe it's not masks. Things got a little silly. Okay, but most of us have moved on and most of us are exhausted at this point with all the government coercion, mainly because we didn't buy it in the first place because they all contradicted their original guidance. Don't ever forget. Okay, not only were we told there wouldn't be mandates. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the covid vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. And to be clear, no mandate became mandate. We will fire you. okay? and they were firing you over a vaccine that if you want to go all the way back to the origin story, they said was garbage on the 2020 campaign trail. Let's just say there's a vaccine 
that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Whoa. So uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> no, the media never questioned that they bashed this vaccine, that they made it sound like Donald Trump was essentially doing it himself for Barron School Science Fair. No, no, we're not doing a baking soda volcano like the other kids. Come on, Barron, we're the Trumps. We're making a vaccine. That's how the Democrats sold the vaccine on the campaign trail. This is garbage. Can't believe Trump's rushing this to market. Not going to go through the proper channels. The minute they got into office, everybody's got to take the shot. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did you. So a lot of us haven't taken their guidance serious from word one because they went from bashing the vaccine to mandating it. They went from saying there'd be no mandate to firing you if you didn't get the shot. Okay, shaming you in public if you didn't get the shot. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, so they went from this is junk, Trump's making it, to you've got to take it and shame on you if you won't. And they also told you what? If you get the vaccine, you can't catch COVID. The CDC is saying they have concluded that fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, You no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. As a nation, I I feel fairly certain you're not going to see the kind of surges Mm -hmm. we've seen in the past. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in an ICU unit and you're not going to die. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. I just want to focus on one particular soundbite there. Biden, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to wind up in the ICU. And you're not going to die. Those are the words of the president of the United States. Not going to get sick. Not going to wind up in the ICU. Not going to die. Just so we're all on the same page. In the last month of data available to the American people, the vaccinated, the vaccinated comprised the largest amount of COVID deaths. So this went from you get vaccinated, you're not even going to get COVID to more vaccinated people are dying from COVID than unvaccinated people. They were pushing it on you that hard. Do you want to know why they were pushing it on you that hard? Because they're making money. Money, 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 money. And that's why Fauci is out there right now trying to tell MSNBC this morning, oh, no, this is a yearly thing. You're going to take it every year. You're going to make money. Do you want to know why he's doing that? Because they own stock in the company. Bingo. And if it's not stock, it's a fancy form of a payout or a dividend. And I only know this. 
because Anthony Fauci was questioned in June 2022 about what kind of money the vaccine committee is getting. You remember Rand Paul asked him this under oath. What kind of money are you guys making? Okay, we've seen these reports that, you know, gazillions of dollars are being paid out from pharmaceutical companies to the actual scientists pushing this vaccine. Can you tell me how much money you're making? And what did Fauci say? Well, under the law, I don't have to tell you that. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. That's how I felt. Because what is he saying? He's saying I'm making money. Understand, if you are pushing a vaccine on people with no data in terms of how it's going to affect them long term, whether it's a woman's reproductive health, a kid's development, a person's body, and you're pushing that nonetheless because you're getting a kickback, it's technically not criminal under the laws of this country, but it's a massive conflict of interest and it should be criminal. And do you understand, knowing how morally unsound that is, if Dr. Fauci wasn't making money off of this, he'd have every right to say so. He doesn't have to tell you how much he makes under the law. But if you weren't making money, understand he's under oath facing the penalty of perjury. So if he wasn't making money off of this, he'd say so. He'd flat out go, oh, hell no, I ain't making money off that. He knows what he's talking about. He has every right, every right to tell you what he's not making, just like he has every right to not tell you what he is making. Listen to this exchange, because this is everything you needed to know in June of 2022, and nobody went anywhere near this in the media. The media is a bunch of losers. And why? Because the vaccine, your health, your well-being, this all became a culture war issue. This all became a political issue. COVID hit our shores, and the Democrats are like, all right, how can we use this against Trump? You know, and that's what it became. And it was like, all right, whatever position he takes, we're taking the opposite, and away we go. Trump likes the vaccine. It's junk. It's not going to work. Democrats win the election. Hey, how about that vaccine? It's great, isn't it? Biden wants to mandate it. We love the vaccine. We've always loved the vaccine. That's what they do. And they carry on as if they never took their original positions. But here is Fauci, clip 19. Everybody on the vaccine committee, have any of them ever received money from the people who make vaccines? Can you tell me Uh, that? Can you tell me if anybody on the vaccine approval committees ever received gonna, any money from people who make the vaccine? Soundbite number one, are you going to let me answer a question? Okay, so let me give you some information. First of all, according to the regulations, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge them, even on their financial statement, according to the Bayh-Dole Act. So let me give you some example. From 2000. 15 to 2020, I, the only royalties I have was my lab and I made a monoclonal antibody for use in vitro reagent that had nothing to do with patients. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Are you little maggots? You make me want to vomit. So according to the regulations, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge them, even on their financial statement according to the Bayh-Dole Act. And then what does he go on to say? But I'll talk to you about something I made money off of between 2015 and 2020. But is that answering whether or not they were profiting from the pushing of this vaccine? The answer would be no. And don't forget that, because here is Fauci on TV this morning, on Morning Joe, at a time when we know the vaccinated are dying as much, if not more often, than the unvaccinated. He's no longer in his position at the CDC. 
yet he's still on TV pushing vaccines. Please give us money. That's exactly what he's doing. Clip 18. We don't know definitively the answer to that, but it is likely that this thing is not going to disappear. It's not going to be eradicated and it's not going to be eliminated. So it's going to be around, you know, for the foreseeable future. So it is likely that we will require an intermittent, likely at the same time as we get a flu vaccine, at least once a year. Very similar to what we do to keep updated on our immunity against influenza, it is very likely that the similar situation we'll be experiencing with COVID, namely getting a booster shot once a year, probably at the same time as we get an influenza shot. You are so full of sh- Of course he is, okay, but he's happy, happy to go on TV and be so full of sh- Why? One reason, folks. Money, 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 money. This ain't about you. It's not about your health. The vaccine doesn't work. Okay? If vaccinated people are getting COVID, that means the vaccine isn't functioning like a vaccine. Correct the mundo. When was the last time? Okay, you got a polio vaccine. When was the last time you heard of five million breakthrough polio cases? The answer was it hasn't happened. When was the last time in a month more people vaccinated from polio died of polio than people who weren't vaccinated for it? The answer is it's never happened. Why? Because this is not a real vaccine, but it absolutely positively is a way to keep making real amounts of money off gullible people. Pay up, suckers. When I find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules keep changing, CDC. CDC, CDC. CDC and Fauci, no clue what they're doing, CDC. And when the vaccinated people masking up in stores agree, none of this is science, CDC. For though they may be boosted, There is still a chance they'll infect me. What's the point of mandates, CDC? CDC, 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 CDC. Please get Dr. Fauci off TV. CDC, 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 and Fauci. Fire all these morons, CDC. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. 
All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of nugenics thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's Ron DeSantis very quickly weighing in on this idea that we're going to be pushing boosters on six-month-olds. Clip 20. You really need to regain trust because I think if you have something, what you want is to be able to inform the public. Yes, make recommendations, uh, but they are not going to listen to any of this uh, under current circumstances because they've just been lied to so many different times. I mean, the fact that they're still they're pushing these boosters on the six-month-old babies that's insane. It's absolutely insane. You are correct, sir. Totally insane. And he's right when DeSantis says people have been lied to, like flat out lied to so many times by public health officials. I mean, you're really like rolling the dice on your kid if you go start vaccinating a six-month-old. That's bananas. There's no data on that. Tom is out in Lake of the Ozarks, and he knows things. What's up, Tom? How you doing, man? Hey, doing great, Jimmy. You know... First of all, you're wrong on one aspect. Uh-oh. Um, you know, mandated vaccines have been around for decades. Yes. We had mandated, you know, mandated polio, mm-hmm. smallpox, MMR. MMR is the only one you needed a booster for, mm-hmm. but that was after like two years or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, not, a, a vaccine means that you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Of course. And, and so... What the one thing you forgot to do is find out how many patents Fauci has on his shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm and sure it's a gazillion. Out it's close to a hundred. Yep. It's so every time he files a patent, he gets money. Yep. And but what's even crazier, you know, when he says, "Oh, I don't have to tell you this under the law," you'd want to distance yourself from profiteering off of this because of how gross that is. Uh, if you you know what I mean, if he could do uh, distance himself from it, but under oath, he didn't do it, wh- which is the tell. And the other point you make, though, about there being other vaccines, because I was talking about polio earlier, is the one thing about those mandated vaccines is they weren't bashed for the previous year by the people who wound up mandating them. I mean, just think of the insanity of that. Okay, Biden and Kamala bashed the vaccine for a year on the campaign trail, got into office, and were like, everybody has to take this thing we were bashing. I mean, don't you think people are right to be a little concerned? 
Oh, yeah, but the polio vaccine, if you can um, prove that uh, you had a... Yeah, I'm going to lose you to a commercial, but I know you have more great intel. We'll do it again soon. Back with Bill Hammer after this. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing No Particular Place to Go by Chuck Berry. But everybody's got a place to go today. It's St. Huh. Patrick's Day. Hey, what? Just go look at that sidewalk. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> it's like, getting yeah. rowdy. And uh, joining us now, yeah. a man who can testify to the veracity of that claim, the co-host of America's Newsroom, Bill Hammer, back hey, buddy. in studio. Happy St. Nice, Patrick's nice Day. Nice to see you, Jimmy. It's been a minute. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I got bagpipes ringing in my ears. <laughs> uh, they've been going at it outside since 6 o'clock this morning. I can tell you one of my favorite things about St. Patrick's Day. Oh, please. Uh, beyond all the revelry and the fun and the parade and everything in between, is that uh, as a guy who drives into this city from time to time, uh-huh. today is a day where it's actually vehicular warfare because they close Fifth Avenue. <laughs> so if you're on the east side of Manhattan, you're not getting yes. – there's no version of this that ends with you on the west side of Manhattan yes. in an automobile. That's now, I happen to know that on a day like today. So I was on the east side of Manhattan this morning on foot just watching the meltdowns. <laughs> and it's my favorite thing. I talk about this a lot on the show, Hammer. Is it just something I love during my days as a cab driver. There's two guys on the road you love to watch at red lights. The guy who's clearly driving in New York for the first time because he's a little overwhelmed. But the guy I like more is the guy who's clearly driving in New York for the last time. (laughs) (laughs) Maria, we're never doing this again. I wanted to take the train. Uh, Now there's a siren that wants to get through. Hey, I'm moving over. I'm moving over. It's the best. Did you see the meltdown? Put it in the calendar, Marie. (laughs) Marie. And annual repeat. (laughs) We're never done. I told you. Just to make sure you remember. (laughs) Put a reminder in your phone. Well, I was coming up 6th Avenue around uh-huh. 6 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. I saw a little, oh, yeah. what you call it, vehicular meltdowns. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, it was in full force, man. Cars right, right moving across, a lot of horns. If you close one street, as you know, like on the weekends uh-huh. when they have a street fair, yeah. just straight anarchy because someone yes. wants to sell a scented candle. Uh, <laughs> and some yeah. kettle corn. Yeah. Now we've got a hot double homicide on Park <laughs> yeah. Avenue because the guy know, can't make a right. Brother, I wanted to tell you because, uh-huh. you know, you know the streets of New York so well. Uh, you've been here more years than I have. Pro- I mean, well, I grew up here. I mean, I've, I've yeah. only been in the city since, yeah. like, now late 90s. Okay, so I was 2002 officially. Okay, so we're close. So 20 years. Okay, fair. I saw my first foot chase in yeah. New York the other day. Yeah, really? 5.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> it's a hell of a story if you want to hear it. Yeah, no, come on, Hammer. Okay. Let's go. It's I, Friday. I'll, I'll give you the fast version. Love this. I'm walking west on Christopher, which is the West Village. Mm-hmm. It's 530. I got earbuds in. I was running late, but I was going to meet a buddy of mine on the west side. And this dude comes running right by a big guy, mm-hmm. camo jacket on, and he was sprinting. Here come two cops going after him. Here comes another cop, a woman oh, going man. after I, First thing I thought, you guys going to have to run faster. <laughs> And I, just so your audience knows, that intersection on 7th Avenue intersects like six different yes. streets. Mm-hmm. He went screaming across the avenue. Get out of here. All he had to do was get clipped, and he would have been done. Yeah, it was over. He goes down the subway. The cops go down the subway. Hemmer goes down the subway. <laughs> Jimmy, there's nothing down there. There's not. Nothing's moving. Oh, man. Express train on the far track. I'm like, where'd he go? Yeah, yeah. I come up to the top of the street. There's 15 cop cars on the intersection. Wow. Half of them unmarked cars. I'm like, they really wanted this guy. 
15 minutes later, they pop up several blocks away. I'm like, well, I guess they got him, but he really must have done something bad. Next day, I say to the cops, I say, you know, I was here at 530 yesterday during the subway downtown. I said, were you guys? He goes, yeah, we were in one of those cars. I said, I saw those cars. I said, what did that guy do? He said, robbery. Get out of town. So I said, okay, gun, knife. What? Uh-huh. He goes, well, we don't know. But I said, why did he go down the subway and disappear? Because nobody was there. He said, there's a tunnel down there. Yep. You can take the tunnel to Houston, which is six blocks away, which is what he did. What? I said, did he know it? He said, they never know it. They yeah. just keep on running. <laughs> what he didn't know is that as soon as he went for the tunnel, we had a car on the other side waiting wow, for Wow, that's amazing. So I come, into, I come into the studio, and I tell everybody who works on the floor, they're all New Yorkers, and, and you know what they all said? What? Man, it's great to know that the cops are doing their jobs They still again. got it. They Bam. still got it for the boys in blue here. There you go. There you go. Anyway, thank you. I feel better for sharing that with people like you. Bill Hemmer is here, star yeah. of French Connection 3. <laughs> He'll be and here. I said to the cop, uh-huh. I said, I really wanted to take him out. Had I been there 10 seconds yeah. earlier, I would have had a shot. You did- know, maybe I could just trip him or something. You know what he said to me? <laughs> what? Because I told Dana yeah. the story. He said, yeah, did you tell him that you wanted to get? I said, yeah. He said, Leave it to us. <laughs> you got to don't try this at home. Correct. <laughs> don't yeah. try this. Well, about, don't hold my beer. We are the experts. Thank you. Leave it to us. Unshackle the cops. They can do this gig. Can I tell you really quick then? Yes, sir. Uh, my first chase I ever witnessed involved myself. So <laughs> oh. uh, at, the, at the Gotham Comedy Club, uh-huh. the end of the late show on a Saturday night, this was such perfect timing by the perp. As I walk out of Gotham, I dial my phone, and as I throw it to my ear, literally from hand to ear, it gets pick six, and a man is now running west on Uh 23rd Street. I scream and start running after him. He actually winds up getting tackled by members of the audience who saw me chasing him across the street screaming and got taken down. And this one guy was holding him down, and he was smacking him and holding him and smacking him. And this guy goes, you're lucky you had a good set, man. It was so amazing. (laughs) We're not done here. So as they're holding him and fighting Uh this guy and yelling for the cops, somebody else picked the phone up off the street and ran into the subway. We never got it back. No Gone. Went the other way with it. Boy, that's New York. Yeah, it was one of those plays, you know when a guy intercepts the ball (laughs) but fumbles and the other team winds up going the other way? It was wild. But yes, guys, come on down to New York. It's beautiful. (laughs) Tourism season is here. Bring the kids. One of those plays. (laughs) I said to the cops, I saw something for the first... I said, well, actually, you say that a lot these days. Mm -hmm. I saw something for the first time in New York the other day. Wow. You get what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely, Bill Things are just going on and wacky way. Let's give him some fun New York. I'll tell you two yeah, things yeah. that went on, okay? Because I have, you know, as you know, my dad was a cop for 43 years. My brother Joey put in 20. Mike, he's in like 22 right now. I mean, they're, they're there, okay? They got the pension. We've seen, well, we've seen some things. So when Joey started, um, late 80s, this was an era where cops were getting arrested at roll call. Like, the city was still corrupt. There was a lot of things going on in Washington Heights. They split the 4-4 precinct in two because there was that much crime that one couldn't handle it. It was a different New York. But something that used to go on back in the day, okay, and this is a known thing amongst police, and I'm sure you can read about it online at great length, is one of the, mo- the cushiest gigs you can have is embassy duty. Because embassy duty, you're on a foot post, but you can go inside the embassy any hour of the day. You sit on a leather couch, smoke a cigar, watch a game, and there's all kinds of good scenery walking in and out Mm -hmm. of the place. So what would happen from time to time? 
okay, is, you know, they'd say, all right, we're not allocating any more cops to the embassy. The diplomats are out of town. No big deal. So the cops would go out to the Blarney Stone, bang out a few pints, and on the way home, like 2 in the morning, one of them would shoot the embassy. And the next day at roll call, they'd just just bounce it off a brick. Uh And the next day at roll call, they'd be like, oh, we got, you know, reports somebody fired at the embassy last night. We're going to be throwing 12 guys out there. Uh And they'd be like, oh, you don't say. (laughs) And guess who got embassy duty again? (laughs) That's terrific. That's one of my favorites, my my all-time favorite. And I was, this happened outside my taxi garage. Okay, I just pick up my taxi in Chelsea on 21st and 7th. The Ann Service Corporation, it's still there. Okay, just south of that subway station on 23rd and 7th. Uh, So stick with me, though. Back in the day, southwest ba- corner. Yeah, back back in the day yeah. when they used to have housing, they had a few different jurisdictions of police around the time you first moved here. So they had the MTA, the NYPD, they had the housing cops, they had the transit cops. Okay, there was a. It's my favorite story in the world. And, you know, kind of dark, but there was a a DOA. There was a body uh, found on the corner of Twenty Third and Seventh. Okay, the attending police officers who were working a seven to three were clocking out on a Thursday to go to a Yankee game. They carried the body down to the subway platform and left it, knowing it would now be in the jurisdiction of transit. Stick with me. I turn in my cab. I sign my rate card. I walk back out to the street because I'm going to go uptown, and I see the transit cops putting the body back up on 7th Come Avenue. Come on. Real story. It was like 2007 because my son wasn't Holy born yet. Cow. Me and my buddy Dean laughed so hard, like to the point where laughter becomes threatening God, to your well-being. Yeah. There was a different city back then, yeah. Hammer. But here's the good news. If yeah, you like please, it. Please, I'm, I'm waiting like for it, it. It's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. Wow. It's bad. Anyway, happy St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> and uh, we're all Irish today, so we're all lucky, and I love your shirt. Thank you. Oh, Hammer, this is uh, – I-, I wanted to tell you this. You missed last night such a good Elvis session. You know how we like to talk oh. Elvis? So last night I was on Kennedy in between uh, Kennedy and Hannity. I took Brian Brenberg, who you know well from around the building, stopped by my office uh, to have a coffee. And uh, we started playing. Uh, I started playing him some Elvis deep cuts. Oh. And, of course, we wandered into promised land in the afternoon in the garden. And I, we, I really roughed up Brenberg something fierce. Uh-huh. And uh, I felt like you were there in spirit because, oh, you know, we have you. such a good connect, such a good connection yeah, wow. to the king. Yeah. But I, we, I found another believer is what I'm trying to say. Oh, right on. In our little Elvis cult. Did you know that prior to? Or he was a, he, I knew he was a fan. So he revealed himself. But yeah, but he didn't. No, no, uh-huh. I, I, I next leveled him. Like, now he gets Got it. Got it. You right know what on. I mean? Yes, yes. Everybody likes Elvis. Uh-huh. But if you get Elvis, yeah. okay, because there's nothing but Elvis. I mean, Elvis mm-hmm. is the guy. I understand. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't But throw, if you get Elvis. Yeah, you got to get him. Yeah. And he didn't exactly throw a perfect game. You know, he <laughs> gave you six and two-thirds innings of no-hit ball. <laughs> oh my around gosh. the seventh, you know, he went of the bases a so few good. times. <laughs> uh, so good. We're talking parties. This is the only serious yeah. analysis I wanted out of you today, okay. Hammer. Yes, please. How crowded do you think? think okay mm. the 2024 field is going to get on the right i asked dana this question on monday wow okay great 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 yeah how yeah. crowded do you think uh, we, so we, she and i talk about this a lot uh-huh. and so uh, a month ago we thought it was going to be an even dozen mm-hmm. and we started putting down names and i think we got the seven or eight for sures and it's kind of where we've stopped yep and then there was another category for possible 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 mm-hmm. i'm I, i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with 12 Really? That's high. Well, you're 
But because, yeah. be, well, th- now to be clear, let's break down the 12. Because, yeah, go ahead. Okay. 12, meaning six of them are running, consider themselves viable and are well-funded. Yeah. Four yeah. of them are running, are probably going to sell a book or try to get a contribution. Can I change my answer? Yeah. yeah. I think it's seven or eight. Yeah, that's what I and, think. And all, and all candor I do. And I think we know who they are yep. now. Yes. Um, and, that, and I think they'll all be on the stage for the first debate when mm-hmm. it happens okay. in August in – Milwaukee. It's third week of August. It's going to be a good show. I, I think they'll all be there. It's going to be a good I, show. I don't think there'll be many qualifications for that particular debate. No. But I think every debate after that will get tougher and tougher because they want to winnow. For, oh, for sure. Yes. No, this is going to be a brawl. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you who's sitting on the best you, piece. So, by the way, you think seven or eight too, right? Yeah. The, okay. And the reason I do is because so much of the fundraising has already been accounted for. Mm-hmm. So anybody running beyond that group. Yeah. I think is just running so with a personal DeSantis, goal in mind. DeSantis, Scott, Trump, Haley, Scott, Trump. Haley, I could Trump. see Pompeo getting in yeah, for sure. I don't Pence. Get, I think Pence. He's in Iowa. I mean, but he might yeah. be going to Davenport because yeah. he knows me and Kennedy may, are appearing there. May, may, yeah, he wants to be on the put same it on stage. your calendar. Absolutely, stay away from <laughs> Fifth Avenue and St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Christy Nome, maybe. Maybe right? I've heard that. I, I know we're missing a couple here or there, uh, but let, let's Larry say Hogan ain't let's, going. No, he's not. Nope. Let's say no more than ten. I yeah. think that is. I, I think that is more than safe. Yeah, that would seem like plenty to me. We're talking to the great Bill Hammer. So let me just tell you yes, about sir. the opposition research in my possession. Uh-huh. This was discussed with Dana, um, <laughs> and it regards our good friend Tim Scott. Okay. Now I don't know if this works for him or against him. But Tim Scott was on the show famously and declared that Rocky Three is the best Rocky. Oh. Now, this is with Clubber oh. Lang, Mr. T. <laughs> okay. This is with Hulk Hogan starring this, this as the wrestler Thunderlips. This is really good. This is a serious piece yeah. of information that only I have the tape of. Uh-huh. And Scott has offered on air. Josh, can you confirm that on air he has offered to buy this tape in the past? Uh, in roundabout ways, he didn't mention which type of funds would be used. Yeah, yes. he just said he'd like to yeah. get the tape back. Because he wants to destroy it? Or? <laughs> well, he doesn't. This is the debate we keep having. It's uh-huh. a, we're obviously tongue-in-cheek yeah. when we have the debate. But is Rocky Three a help or a hindrance if it's your best Rocky it's, on the campaign it's, trail? It's the latter. It's a hindrance. You think so? Yeah, there's no doubt that Rocky One is by far and away the legendary movie in the series of Rocky films. Mikey, get the senator on the phone. That's Bill Hammer. That's the co-host of America's Newsroom saying you're not going to get to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue on the back of Clever Lang and Thunderlips. Correct. It's Apollo Creed or bust. Cut me, Mick. (laughs) (laughs) So you apparently agree. No, I'm with you. I mean, there's two Rockies for me. It's the first one, and for me, if you grew up in the Cold War, as I did, we liked four. Yes. And four is, you know, when you rewatch it, it gets a little schmaltzy and ridiculous. But at the height of the Cold War in a Reagan presidency. You really wanted to beat that guy. There was nobody in that theater that wasn't (laughs) shadow boxing along when they get into the ring. I just think the original is the best. Oh, and, no question. Um, all the others were decent. Yeah. I saw them all. Mm-hmm. Can't remember them all. Yep. But number one, I can. Wow. Hammer's a rocky one mm-hmm. guy. Add that to the ledger and get know. Scott on the I'm phone. I'm an Elvis guy. Yeah, well, you got to be. To the core. <laughs> <laughs> so does Hammer St. Patrick's Day at all? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A couple I, of I, mocktails. I, I got an hour or two of work on a okay. Friday, and then I'll... Get some errands done on the sidewalks of New York, and I might just happen to find my way into one of my locals. Yeah. And um, you hate when you slip on a yeah. banana peel. Absolutely. Here's to the Irish because we're all Irish for a <laughs> yes. day. When yes, I found are. out that I was one eighth Irish, mm-hmm. I was jacked up. <laughs> it's like really. 
I'm part of the family now. He's going. I would have taken. I would have taken one thirty second. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. It's. I've never seen anyone go from Elvis to Bono as quickly as he did Hammer. <laughs> but that's the talent of Bill Hammer. Have uh-huh. a good weekend. Good luck today. Uh, obviously, I know a little bit about the police in this town. If you get into a pinch, I appreciate. You'd give your buddy Jimmy Fail a ringer, right, Elvis? Done. Take care. Hey. Hammer has left the building. Right on. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a lot going on in the next hour. Tommy Laren is coming by. And Jenny Fela has just given me a heads up that Lincoln wants to be on the show in the next hour. It's Friday. Apparently, he is cutting class and calling into the show halfway through the next hour because that's the kind of fine parent I am. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Stop it. Let me tell you really quick, man. If there was one thing, literally one thing you could learn from listening to this show, aside from the fact that you two are beyond qualified to host a nationally syndicated talk show. I mean, I'm not bringing a lot of intellect to the table here. But if there's one thing you could take away from this show, and it's the one thing I've tried to instill in my kid that my family certainly instilled in me, and my mom is like a human parade float, just a great time everywhere she goes. My dad's a fun-loving guy, too. It's have fun. I mean, that's the only thing I've taught my kid to do. Jenny has taught him to add and subtract and, you know, actual responsible stuff. (laughs) But uh, if you could just teach your kid uh, to find the joy in every single experience, that is the greatest life skill you could ever hope to impart on anyone, is the ability to enjoy one's self regardless of circumstance. It's a funny thing about me and Jenny, and you might have heard me say this before when she was on the show. We have spent so much time being broke and beat up, and we've moved seven times in the first two years of our relationship. I mean, we were that kind of poor. You're moving all the time. And uh, we had such a great time. Like, we had a great time every time. Moving, not moving, because one time they sold the place out from under us. (laughs) You know, everything broke in a U-Haul. We got shaken down by a moving company out of Jersey once, like real cutthroat, like how much you got, you know, type deal. And uh, we always had a good time. And I think that's the greatest life skill you could ever learn is to base your happiness on the attainable joys that are around you. All right, so you're broke. Can you play music you like? Is there something you can cook that you might think is good? Is there a particular video on the Internet you might want to spend a minute looking at? Hubba, hubba. (laughs) I didn't mean it like that, you dirtbag. But the point is there's fun everywhere, and if you go find it, most of the adversities and things that torment you, you don't really feel them the same way. Like, I had no idea when I stopped driving a cab and I got hired here at Fox. I had no idea how hard I had been working because I was too busy enjoying it to realize I was sleeping three hours a week, which is why I'm now sitting here again so busy enjoying it that the number one question people ask me when we go to a live event is, when do you sleep? They're like, you know, I watch you on TV at 5 in the morning. Then I saw you at 9 in the morning. Then I saw you at 3 in the afternoon. Then I saw you at 11 o'clock at night. When do you sleep, Jimmy Fallon? And I'm like, yo, when do you sleep, dude? I think he's got a point. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are fired up. Big hour of Fox Across America. It is Friday. 
We're pulling out all the stops. You know, like in Sweeps Week, they do crazy stuff to engage the audience. It's all going down. Lincoln Fala is taking time out at St. Patrick's Day. He's calling in in the second half of this hour. Apparently, he has a bar to get to, so he doesn't want to wait till the traditional end of the show. And joining us now, a phenomenal leadoff hitter, if ever there was one. She is fresh off the outnumbered couch, and I must say made good time getting up to the studio. Tommy Laren is here. Tommy! I did, and we commented on this a couple minutes ago, uh-huh. but we are both wearing a shade of beige on St. Patrick's Day. I had to follow the color wheel and wear <laughs> this. You chose to wear beige on St. Patrick's Day, so I want to know what you have against the Irish. Well, let me <laughs> let me teach you something. You're a little younger, okay? And you know, I'm a big fan of your work, but this is what you need to know, okay? This is called a professional drinker, okay? okay. You wear green. You attract a lot of police attention. You're driving home in beige. No one pays any attention to you. Well, this guy wasn't out. He's not doing the St. Patrick's thing. Okay, the cops are looking at the people in the green today. They're not looking at the guys in the beige. So the beige. I, might, I might be the most banged up guy on the streets in New York tonight. They won't look at me twice. You'll be under the radar. Well, it's also New York, so you can pretty much get away with anything in the city <laughs> anyway. So I think you're, I think you're okay. <laughs> Tommy Laren is here. We're dishing out St. Patrick's Day survival tips. We had a good hang last night on Hannity in the green room. We did. That was a fun green room. And the brothers. I loved them. That to me was a starstruck moment to see the men who actually committed the faux hate crime against (laughs) Jesse Smollett. We've been talking about it for years and to see them and to hear the story. I mean, take it all in. That to me was a moment like put in a time capsule. (laughs) It was the kind it was like the kind of dream you would have if you were to take drugs and pass out. I'm like, I had a dream I was hanging out with Tommy Lahren, the guys who beat up Jesse Smollett, and Sean Hannity was there for some reason in a T-shirt. It was so bizarre. But it was. It was a wild night. I really, I enjoyed them. They they had, like, such a funny energy, didn't they? They did. They're fun. They're actors. But you know what? They played it off very well. I loved it when we watched the video. It's a Fox Nation exclusive, Thank of course, their, their documentary there. But the way that they played that all out and yeah. screaming, this is mega country. <laughs> I mean, uh, So they were like, in the 90s, people might remember this. There was a band called Millie Vanilli, and they won a bunch of Grammys, and then we found out they didn't sing any of the music. It was fake. And that's who these guys are. They're the Millie Vanilli of hate crimes. They didn't. It was a fake hate crime. And uh, they're kind of in on the ridiculousness of it all. So their act out that is what she's referring to. It was so funny because they actually in the Fox Nation documentary, they go, and then we said the big line and they both yes. stand up and they're like, this is MAGA country. Oh, it's, it's great comedy. Com- Tommy Laren is in studio. We're doing it all. St. Patrick's Day. We're faking hate crimes. Whatever you need us for. That's who we are. Um, you and I are going to be hosting a TV show this weekend. We are. We're going to have some fun. The Big Saturday, Big Sunday show. Yeah, no, no. We're playing prison rules because Big Saturday goes – it goes a multitude of ways. And we've both been on versions of it when it's a little serious. And I hope you've been on one of the versions I've been on where the wheels come off at 5.01 because the plan tomorrow is that I will have this car derimmed by like 5.03 tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to being a part of that because, I, you know, I can go either way too. We want to be serious, want to be China spy balloon. Or do we want to just go wild? And I think with you and I, we're going to have a little fun. We'll probably get some phone calls afterwards. Oh, we're, to be clear, we're hosting the final episode of the Big Saturday show. You guys need to tune in. No, because we're going to be there on Big Sunday as well. Well, then that's well, it. Come God Monday. Yeah. <laughs> One of us will be there on Monday. Well, undoubtedly, things that I believe will come up. Uh, did you guys, I don't know if you did this on Outnumber. did you talk about Fauci saying we're going to have an annual booster shot now? Well, hasn't he been saying that for two years now? Well, this is what's weird. This is why I bring it up. You're right. But he went on Morning Joe today to say it again. Now, he's out of office now. So to me, this is really the tell that, you know, it's probably making a couple of bucks on the back end of this thing. Why is he still pushing it? Who cares? 
It is so shameless to me that this man has been really discredited at every turn and he still shows his face on mainstream media networks because he still wants that spotlight. Yes. I've been saying it for a while now. Dancing with the Stars might be a good outlet for you, Fauci, if you want the spotlight that much. Uh-huh. Maybe the voice. Who knows? But please leave us alone. Leave our lives alone. We did talk about, though, on the Outnumbered Couch, how mm-hmm. New York is lowering the standards for school children yeah. for their math and their reading because... Because of COVID, so now yeah. we're just permanently lowering the standards. He did that. America, yeah. please do not forget. And if he does go on Dancing with the Stars, do not vote for him. <laughs> Send him home week one. Fauci would win Dancing with the Truth, you know, because <laughs> he's done some moves. Do you think then, let's talk just pure humanity now. I have a theory that Fauci got addicted to hair and makeup. You know, you go on TV, they do your hair, they could do your makeup. Do you think he just as a guy who wasn't on TV, he'd been in a job since 1984, and he wasn't doing a lot of TV hits. He's got a face for radio. Yeah, well, there's that. Hey, enough about me. But stick with me. Tommy Lawrence here. Firing shots. I kid. But uh, don't you think on some level he almost got addicted to hair and makeup? He likes – he clearly likes going on TV. He loves himself. Yeah. He, I believe, has probably always been a narcissist, but then we – Shown a light on him. And for some reason, they won't shut off the damn light. <laughs> shut one, off the light. It's one of those 25-year light bulbs. <laughs> and he, as much as he is addicted to the spotlight, uh-huh. the people that listen to him are addicted to these boosters. Oh, so I true. mean, this has become like the new heroin for these people. It's like, when's the next booster coming out? <laughs> I'm so excited. Go to CVS. It's it's lunacy. It is true. We're talking to Tommy Lara. Now I'm dying because you're right. For a lot of these people, it's just become a lifestyle choice whether you're talking about a mask or a shot, once, once the science is irrefutably out there that neither work, if you're still holding on, it's, it, you're holding on. So there must be another reason, and I think you're right. I think it's become like a thing. You know how people used to follow like bands around the country? People go to see yeah. Fish. We now have people that just go to see Fauci. Right. <laughs> he and- hasn't done that one live since 2022, you know? And the number of young people that still wear masks – I mean, I know that some people struggle with acne. Maybe that's it. I'd rather you just say, I struggle with acne, God, is it? Rather wear a mask today. But the people that actually, and they dodge and dart around other human beings. I saw it the other day in Nashville, Tennessee. We do my show out of a distillery in Nashville, Uh right? You would love it. Hey, girl. And I watched young people eat nachos with their masks on and drop the masks. I'm thinking, this is 2023. I wanted to ask. I just wanted to, because I'm so curious now. It's like watching animals in the zoo. What what do you think (laughs) the the purpose of this is, they, thems? And I'm still not sure. (sighs) That's really funny. But I think what happened was, I think they broke a generation of people with anxiety. Like, if you've been following any of the climate anxiety stories, these are kids that are worried about climate like, the climate's a joke. Like, if the climate is like a, for real, and you know this, I, I'm sure you've said this, the, if, the, if we're in a climate emergency, if the people who believe you're in a climate emergency aren't taking the emergency measures, it's a scam. Like, it if the is. house is on fire, it's an emergency. If you're telling me the house is on fire, but you're, no, but don't call the fire department, that means the house ain't on fire. You know what I'm saying? And that's a really privileged way to live life that yeah. climate anxiety is your biggest fear. That's yeah. like your biggest oh, thing you're every day. It, I know. You know, there, there are Americans who walk down the street. They're wondering if they're going to be, you know, thrown to the ground and paralyzed. Wonder mm-hmm. if they can afford eggs. Yeah. But some people are really worried about climate anxiety. Yeah. That's a privilege. Oh, you absolutely. It's white privilege because most climate activists are white liberal elites who hate themselves. You know what a lot of that is? They feel guilty about their level of prosperity. So they kind of make themselves feel better by saying, well, I am saving the world, though. You know, I'm, I'm flying around the private jet getting eight-handed massages twice a day, but I am saving the world. I think that's what some of that is. And uh, the rest is. of it is grift because they're just making money off gullible people. But there's a, a point you make about that, which kind of it 
kind of lines up with what we were talking about all week this week, is that Chadwick Moore had said on this show that when it comes to transitioning children, that is like the ultimate privilege. Because if you're growing up in a poor family in the circumstances you just described, which is like getting thrown down on the subway tracks, you're not trying to figure out how we can save up for Billy's transition surgery on Friday. So does that mean that lower income families are actually going to be the only normal ones left? Because if so, <laughs> make us all poor. No, got- you know, I mean, Biden's working on it. We all get poorer together. But you're you're absolutely right. You know, pretty soon, though, be careful what you wish for, because pretty soon the Biden administration will be telling us that we need to pay for this, because if we don't, then yeah. we are Again, we are classist, sexist, racist, transphobic, homophobic, everything that we are. Pay for the gender transition for lower income families is what they're going to say. That's probably the 2024 slogan, to be honest with you. We're going to be. So you're telling me we're one Democrat administration away from transition loan forgiveness. Yeah, that could <laughs> be it. Transition. It's holding them back in the work. The payments are expensive. And then you're yes. going to be paying for that, too. What a dumb time to be alive. So let me ask you, when you're doing a show on OutKick every night, because I've done it a few times. It's wonderful. I know they swore they'd never have me back again, and it's fine. We could still be friends, but stick with me. Uh, when you're looking at these stories, because like I, I, I always feel like there's like a cutoff, like, oh, this is like too good to be true. But these stories never stop coming. No, it's the Babylon Bee come to life. Isn't it crazy? But also there was another one I discussed on Varney earlier today uh-huh. that I saw. It, I thought it was great. Now if you have an organized pantry, uh-huh. internalized racism, sexism, misogyny, because <laughs> it takes money and privilege and time to be clean and tidy. We can tell by yeah. your office that mm. you are safe. <laughs> Yo, there's a lot of tough love today. Tommy Laren yeah. is in the studio. I'm just taking it. I, I you know didn't I'm... internalize that racism, no. that misogyny, the homophobia, the xenophobia, yeah. because clearly you like clutter. So you didn't fall for it. So good for you. <laughs> well, I, normally I pay women to talk to me this way. So you're actually just saving me money. This mm-hmm. is all good in the hood. What else? Um, I'm, I'm cycling throughout numbered with Tommy Laren. Uh, did you guys talk Ukraine at all today? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little burnt of talking about Me Ukraine. Too. So this is I'm the question. a little burnt. So I put this to my callers yesterday. I was like, if you were the president, what would you do? And, you know, none of us are saying we're on Putin's side. We're just saying there's a lot of dumb things going on here that need addressing. So if we're going to continue to Venmo Zelensky every Tuesday and Friday, we should right. know why. Right. Like, are we within our rights to ask why? Like if my uh, parents gave I ask me, every day. Yeah, if my parents gave me 20 bucks on like a Friday night when I was like 15 – like, which I would never got a 20. I'd probably get a 10, but they'd want to know what I was doing. Isn't it right. weird that we'd send $100 billion and we're just like, yeah, you're good. Whatever you guys want to do with it. You know, <laughs> it's like whatever. You know, and I'm honestly, quite frankly, insulted that of all the money we've sent to Zelensky, he still wears that ugly <laughs> tracksuit to meet with dignitaries <laughs> to stand in front of Congress. All right. I mean, for the love of God, you could at least put a suit on, at least put a Paisley shirt on like Jimmy <laughs> Fallon here. My I'm gonna, God. I'm going to stand up for Zelensky really quick. What you don't realize is every time he flies, a guy from the Biden administration steals his luggage at the airport. Well, <laughs> you so can he's thank, only got that one tracksuit. You suit. can thank Sam Britton for this. Uh, Tommy Laren, you can see her on the big Saturday, possibly the big Sunday show, <laughs> depending on how rowdy it gets tomorrow. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Thanks for coming by. This Happy was a St. hoot. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the tough love. Uh, you guys, I'll post a picture of the cigarette she put out on my hand during the commercial <laughs> break. I'll put it on Instagram. You can check it out. I kid. But uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Say, if your mom is in town, by the way, say something nice to her too, okay? Uh, Trudy is the most wonderful woman, and we're going to go celebrate St. Patrick's Day. There it is. Tommy Laren. There she goes. Uh, get her out. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon living it up on a Friday. Diamond Dave Landau still to come and rumors of a Lincoln Fallon sighting right around the corner so he can tell you how bad I kicked his ass in Madden this week. Shut your mouth. Stop it. But right now, I do have to share a quick clip from The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yo, this is going to hurt me as much as it hurts you, but something funny happened. Whoopi Goldberg uh, uttered a comment the other night that was a little insensitive to another ethnicity. Uh, You know, she's had this problem in the past talking about the Jewish culture and how the Holocaust wasn't about race. But the point is, she was forced to apologize yesterday on the show for the clip I'm about to play you. I mean, Whoopi's got to watch it. Like, I, I, you almost feel bad for Joy. You know, she's like, come on, if we're going to keep doing in racially insensitive stuff, how come I'm, I'm not allowed to wear blackface again? <laughs> Joy Behar famously uh, managed to survive wearing blackface back in the day. And that's part of the hook of everybody that's kind of gone far left and embraced identity politics. What do they all have in common? Jimmy Kimmel, Joy Behar, Jimmy Fallon. They all wore blackface on the air. I mean, that what Justin Trudeau wore what he tried to call brownface. But what's the difference? Okay, one ain't any better than the other. But that was what Justin Trudeau went with. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. But the point is, all of these people calling you a racist, like that's their brand, moral superiority. We know better than these people. But they're the ones constantly getting in trouble for stepping out of line. Here is Whoopi uh, two days ago trying to describe the 2016 election and using a term that some would say is derogatory towards Egyptians, the gypsy community. Here it is, clip 26. I remember in 2016 when this all came out, seeing like white MAGA bros on Twitter be like, oh, I like a president that sleeps with hot women. And like, it, actually, they weren't offended by it. Oh, those are like, family the values. People who still believe. The people who still believe that he got, you know, <laughs> gypped somehow in the election will still believe that he cared enough about his wife to. <laughs> Pay the, that was gas, pay, <laughs> you know, to, to pay you know, that money from his personal thing. I mean. This is absolutely gross. Come on, Whoopi. But never mind. So she says people who still believe, you know, that Trump got gypped somehow in the election. What the hell did you just say? I didn't say it. She did. And here she is apologizing. Clip 27. You know, when you're a certain age. You use words that you know from when you were a kid or you remember saying, and that's what I did today, and I shouldn't have. I should have thought about it a little longer before I said it, but I didn't. And I should have said cheated, and I used another word, and I'm really, really sorry. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Whoopi Goldberg is an idiot. I don't know. I don't honestly believe she's a racist per se. Does she hate white people? A lot of the time. But if you spent, you know, five hours a week across from Joy Behar, you'd learn to hate white people, too. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I mean, man, really grows on you. You spend enough time with Joy Behar if you're sitting there staring at that mug every day and her uninformed gassy takes on everything known to man. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Seriously, she's terrible. But this is the same Whoopi Goldberg who once recommended Jill Biden for Surgeon General, despite the fact that she's not a doctor. Dr. Jill... Becomes a surgeon general. 
his wife. <laughs> yeah. Because Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would too. never do it. But she, it, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like, in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, oh, I, don't I could know. be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a teacher. I think she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. I think Jill Biden should be the Surgeon General because she's an excellent doctor. <laughs> she's not a doctor. She's no medical background whatsoever. But this is what the view is. And you understand it's really just a microcosm of everything going on in the left wing of this country now. Liberals used to be, a lot of them, cool people. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. I mean, it works from sex. Hubba, hubba. You know what I mean? Drugs, all right, whatever. I don't really do them, despite how the show sounds like. Okay, but the point is I get it. People are partying rock and roll. Now the left has become the party of there's no such thing as sex. It's gender fluid, drugs as long as Big Pharma's the one pushing them on you, and rock and roll as long as there's enough diversity in the band. I mean, that's what they are now. And they've stopped being a fun party. They used to take the positions of fun. So even if we were annoyed by them, they're like, oh, they're bashing the country. Okay, they at least had the reputation for being drawn to a good time. Okay, that's way gone. That's why left wing comedy is failing. That's why late night comedy is failing. Do you understand? The Democrats voted two months ago when the Republicans took control of the House. The Democrats voted against a measure that was put forth by the Republicans that would allow cigars inside the Capitol. And the Democrats voted against Cigars inside the Capitol. This is the same Democratic Party that 20 years ago was fine with cigars inside the interns. I believe that together we can make America great again. Welcome back to Fox Across America with your radio pal, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Lincoln Fallon's in the house on a Friday. A little earlier than usual. Uh, apparently appearing on the show he carries. What did you write in my three-year anniversary card? Uh, congratulations on the show I carry. <laughs> so last week, this show turned three. I come home from Fox, and Lincoln's waiting with a... I have to say... A very well-made card. He makes me cards, draws a little picture and stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, Lincoln made me a card. I open up the card, and what does it say? Congratulations on hosting the show I carry for three years. <laughs> what a jerk. But you had a good drawing. It was of uh, Lincoln and I were in California. And what did we see out there? We saw this poster with a lost dog that says, do not chase. But it looks like something you shouldn't chase. <laughs> it was. We couldn't tell. If this dog, they had posted it all over California. We couldn't tell if it was, was a real, like, lost dog and they needed help or that they were punking people with, like, this can't possibly be a pet, right? Yeah. So what did we decide we're going to do this spring? 
We're going to make fake uh, lost pet posters and put them up around the neighborhood. <laughs> so we're, we've been trying to find the weirdest animal photo we can find, like a strange looking animal, like a, you know, like an eight legged duck or something. Yeah. And just hang up signs with like a serious phone number, like reward and everything. Please help us and just see what kind of response we get, because that's how we roll. Uh, it is a big Friday. How you been? Baseball started. Yeah. Is that why you're calling in early now? You have to get to practice? Yeah. Is it now you haven't asked your coach this, but isn't your suspicion that he might be uh, a Republican? Yeah. But you haven't dumped the Fox card on him, right? No. You can't do that. No. You got to play defense, man. No, you I know? don't like go out of my way to tell people because what if they don't like you? No, well, most exactly. don't. I mean, no, I would tell them you work it out. Ab- go ahead. Uh, like a lady up at the front by the security at my school, like, pull me aside and like whisper to me, Is your dad Jimmy Fail? I'm like, Yeah. Oh, get out of here. And then she threw you out? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, hell no, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, The best interaction you've had with authority. Um, We told this story on stage in Reno, but most of our audience doesn't know this. When we were at the airport at JFK, okay, I have, you know, we have TSA pre-check, but apparently in order for Lincoln to get on the plane with me through that route, how old did she say you have to be? Twelve. Okay. So the first lady stopped us. I'm like, I have T pre-check. He's my son. He's 14. Um, is that okay? And she's like, no. She's like, he got to be 12. I'm like, oh, damn. All right. What are you going to do? So we went through the regular line. But then when we got to the extra security line, I was like, by the way, I have pre-check and my son is 12. <laughs> she's like, the woman was like, oh, hell no. He ain't no mother having 12. That boy ain't no 12. And she's like, when's your birthday? Like, you know, folks, when you're sneaking into a bar with a fake ID and they want to see if you know the birthday on the license because it's not yours. And what did you say? November 25th, 2010. Boom. Boom. So it technically would have made him 13 or 14, but at the time I think you might have it might have been passable. But the, he knew it so convincingly, she let him go, but she kept talking to herself. Like, he ain't, I don't know what the world coming to. I don't know what's going on. I blame Donald Trump. I don't know what's going on. And we, uh, we got on a plane and went to Reno, had a wild time. And then the link man was on the road in Utica. Yeah. You did a good job, man. You had five shows in Utica. Yeah, we ate everything imaginable. How good were the f- how good was the food? Really good. Pa- I, I mean, was that not the best Italian food we've eaten? It was really good. All of it was great. If you're in Utica, take a bow. Um, you're the reason the whole wardrobe department hates me right now. I had a fitting yesterday. I walk in and uh, he's just the greatest guy in the world. The the guy there's two people in charge of wardrobe. I don't know if they want to be outed, so I won't put him by name. He just comes over, throws the jacket down. He's like, I saw you on Martha yesterday. You're not even trying. <laughs> like I am, I swear. You don't understand. I'm doing good. Uh, Lincoln Fela is in the studio. It's it's Friday. He's cutting class. He has to get the baseball practice. You went to Utica. You rocked out on stage. Uh, how do you like being on stage? It's cool. Are the sunglasses your official look? Yeah. People people do think they're like really funny, and I think it's I think it's funny because like when I went on stage the first few times. I was also in, like, hostile crowds. Like, show us your, you know, that whole thing and throwing bottles at the stage. At least you're getting friendly fire. Like, have you found the crowds to be fun? Yeah. they were. It's it's cool, right? And, uh, like, do you get nervous? Like, what is it like? Not at all? No. Because this is what I was thinking. Like, we were in Utica, and I think it was the second show of the weekend. You came on stage before I could even complete your intro. So you just fired up to get on stage? Well, I thought I didn't realize you were giving me an intro, so and they're like, "You'll be on soon." So, I oh, just you thought you were late for the stage? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, one time I was, I couldn't, I didn't hear you. I don't think. Oh, well, Lincoln came charging onto the stage. It was like the second or third show in Utica. Like I thought you were actually like taking me, like trying to take over the show. Like because the way you came on, it was like I had told a joke and security was yanking me off. Because I saw I was at a show once on Long Island where there was this Italian guy. <laughs> the guy, sometimes at open mics, guys, you meet people who are going to the open mic because they actually just need therapy. They're not well, Lincoln, and they're getting on stage in front of a room full of people because they just want to say the things that are on their minds. So there was a guy, his name was, he, I, this he thought was a funny name, was Tony Baloney. It's like, it's Tony Baloney's here. Hey, Uncle Tony's, when's Tony on? He's like literally sitting in the crowd. Like I was on stage emceeing an open mic at the Gershwin Hotel. And there's a man heckling me like, when's Tony on? We want to see Tony. And I'm like, oh, this Tony guy's going to be something. His fans are nuts. And have this, <laughs> this other comic went on. And he's like, put on Tony. We want to see Tony Baloney. Heckled every act. We want to see. We don't know who Tony Baloney is. We just know it's an open mic. And apparently a guy named Tony Baloney is showing up. Well, lo and behold, when we get to the last comic of the night, I'm like, I guess we got to bring up Tony Baloney now. Has anyone seen the guy? And un it was the guy heckling us the whole time. So he <laughs> comes up on stage. And he's just sitting there. And his whole act is pointing at people in the crowd. There was a guy, Andrew Dice Clay, who's a funny, he would do dirty nursery rhymes. Jack and Jill went up the hill with a buck and a quarter. Jill came down with 250. That whore. That was his act. It was really funny. So Tony Baloney was like Dice without the jokes of the nursery rhymes. So he was just looking around the room, pointing at women and being like, I effed her. And it went on for like 40 women to like hotel security had to try to get him off the stage. He's like, I'm an artist. You don't get it. So I just wanted to make sure you weren't pulling a Tony Baloney in Utica. The legendary Tony Baloney, wherever he happens to be. Lincoln Fela is in studio. And what else is going on in two weeks? I'm going to be out in Boise while you're playing baseball. I'm going to be in Boise. And I'm going to be in Bend, Oregon. Uh, but the Easter Bunny's coming that weekend. Yeah. So tell the, uh, give the audience a feel for what we do with the Easter Bunny. We, we go crazy. We go nuts. <laughs> Anything about the Easter Bunny, we flip out. We're like partying. <laughs> so this goes back to the first time we went to Disneyland because Lincoln is so tall uh, for a kid. And, you know, I'm... Yeah, I don't know what you'd call me, but I'm a, I'm like a circus act. I'm a chunker. And uh, we, when we went to Disneyland with Jenny, because we lived to embarrass Lincoln's mom in public, we had made a deal that any time we see Mickey, we were going to act like adults who might have some type of developmental issue emotionally. Or a Disney adult. Yeah, a Disney, <laughs> a Disney adult. Josh, our producer, our engineer. Uh, but we would go to, uh, we, well, to be clear, Mikey. I, Josh, I take that back because Mikey is so pro-Disney, they have his picture hanging up at security. Mikey went to the park by himself down in Tampa and walked around. But uh, when me and Lincoln went to Disneyland, we made a deal. That if we saw Mickey, we were going to lose our minds. Like to the point that the guy in the costume might run away from us. And did we not come close a few times? We came close. <laughs> so we'd see him and we'd be like, Mickey! <laughs> and we'd high five and we would run after him. And uh, a couple of times, like security stepped in between us and the guy in the costume. But wouldn't you say we've made at least one Mickey at least quit? Yeah. Rethink his life experiences? And... uh that's what we do at the Easter Bunny. So we'll just walk around and be like, is the Easter Bunny going to be there? I like the Easter Bunny. And, like, we sit there and argue, and Jenny will eventually get upset and leave the diner. Why is this yeah. so much fun? Because, like, she she gives us a really good reaction out of it. 
<laughs> she does. Mommy gives a big. Lincoln has gotten her to leave the grocery store by claiming she won't feed the dog. <laughs> okay, I can't believe you won't feed the dog. Just feed our dog already. <laughs> and what did the woman say to me? Uh, hey, hey, kid, tell your dad to feed the dog. <laughs> It was like people actually believed it. Like, tell your dad, it's just a couple of bucks. He also walks around the store with adults and yells, I can't believe you forgot my birthday. I just want a teddy bear. I can't believe you forgot my birthday. I'm your only kid. You forgot my birthday. And it's so embarrassing because people don't give the adult the benefit of the doubt. They give the kid the benefit of the doubt. Why are you a monster? You're just like trolling? Yeah. It's really funny. And he does, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if we can say this bit on the air. But he used to ask people if they wanted to wrestle. They'd be like, do you want to wrestle? And they'd go up to a stranger and be like, do you want to wrestle? And once in a while you get a guy who's like, right, I guess. I, I guess I'll wrestle this kid. I don't know. He's a little slow. And then when you start wrestling Lincoln in public, he screams. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And like the person wrestling him is like, what's going on? <laughs> I didn't, I, he wanted to wrestle. I have no idea what's going on here. Lincoln, you're a monster. What's on the agenda for Friday? Baseball practice, hanging out with my friends. All right, good. Don't not too late. And then beating like some fifty-year-old in Madden later. Ah, oh, it's enough for you, Lincoln Fairley. Get back to class. Uh, more Fox Across America with this prank bastard. Well, without this prank, you're going to class. I'm going on with the show if I'm still employed after that story. Have a good one, Link Man. All right, you too. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Slowing it down a little bit here for you, baby. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon playing you the slow jams on a Friday afternoon. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm in a silly mood. Dave Landau's coming up. I was just hanging out on the radio with my son. What do you want from me? Uh, shout out to the link man. Sounds like he has a big weekend ahead of him. Uh, Doug Emhoff. We're talking family right now. This is Kamala's idiot husband. And I posted this. It's on the Fox Across America Facebook page. It's exploded on Twitter. Because I was on yesterday with Stuart Varney, a guy I just absolutely adore, Stuart Varney. It's a great time. He's on the Fox Business Network at 11 a.m. And he had me on to respond to this take from Kamala's husband. Now, I want you to understand. Okay, me and Stu, whenever we do the show, it's really goofy. It's silly. And we got there during this particular media appearance. But I was really like I was actually I don't want to say I was pissed because, um, you know, I'm in a, I'm a pretty mellow mood, but I'm so disgusted by the dopey comments made by Doug Emhoff here. And I came away from this clip assuming that he met his wife on a dating app called OK Stupid because only an idiot would say what you're about to hear. And, you know, let's be honest, it's not a lot of geniuses <laughs> that would marry Kamala and that fake laugh. <laughs> Here is Doug Hemoff at South by Southwest saying that parents standing up for biology, standing up to give a kid a chance to fully develop before transitioning he or her, uh, are exhibiting the same levels of hate we saw in the Holocaust. This is clip 31. I met one woman who was saved in the Holocaust in Germany, 
settled in Ukraine and is now a refugee again back in Berlin where she originally left as a, as a Jew in the Holocaust. So you can't, these are the stories that are happening out there. And so this stuff is so important. This hate is interconnected. You see it in the discourse in the country right now. You see it in the, in the divide that we have and that just going to the school meeting. You see that, that hate that is out there. We've got to step up and speak out and we've got to call out the cowards out there people as my wife likes to say these so-called leaders but she's right because you can't be in leadership if you're not going to lead garbage like you just makes me sick what a loser let me start here guys really quick anybody who's drawing a comparison between anything going on in modern day america and the holocaust is a weapons grade moron what can i tell you kid you're right you're right you're right you're right it is so insulting it is so denigrating to the victims of the holocaust to make any comparison whatsoever to anything else and the holocaust let alone parents saying our kids have the right to grow up and fully develop Before we start surgically altering their bodies for eternity, for the rest of their lives. There's no going back on this. Any parent saying, hey, you know, let these kids grow up. If they want to transition when they're adults, fine. You know, but don't inject puberty blockers into them. Don't force transitions on them. Don't talk them into being trans. Because to be clear, there's no such thing as a trans baby. Okay, unless a parent was forcing this ideology on them. It wasn't even an option on the kid's mind. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. No kid comes out of the womb, cries, farts, looks around and says, switch my body. They might say switch my diaper. They might say switch my bottle. But they're not going to say switch my body. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So the idea that he's trying to do what? This is what the left does. They try to socially pressure people into compliance. They draw a line in the sand. Well, you're on the Hitler side. And most people are like, whoa, I don't want to be seen as on the Hitler side. So I guess I'll go along with these people who think there's no biological differences between a man and a woman. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. There are over 600 biological differences between a man and a woman, but if we want to discuss the big one... Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. But you understand, okay, they're pushing this as gender-affirming care. No, it's political ideology affirming care. And what I mean by that is they're using the transgender movement as a manufactured civil rights movement. Let's start mutilating children. Let's start catering to any whim that we've kind of forced on them, to be clear. And then let's medicate them, ascribe them to a lifetime of surgeries and medications in order to treat the aftermath of their surgeries, deny them an opportunity to develop and evolve and become fully matured bodies, at which point they can make a decision over what they want to do with it. This is no different than giving a kid a boob job at the age of five because she wants bigger boobs and her body hasn't grown into them yet. 
And they'd say, well, no, that's, uh, no, it's, come on, she's not fully developed. I mean, she made, might change. Yeah, exactly. And how do you know it might not change in terms of the body you want to be in? Okay, here's a little kid term, no backsies. There's no backsies. Once you start chopping up a kid, you idiot. And the idea that they want you to believe we're akin to the Nazis for not wanting to destroy babies. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't understand what the Nazis were doing. I mean, Doug Emhoff, that's embarrassing. Like, it's shameful. It's disgusting that we're still here in the year 2023 where people are so devoid of critical thought and a willingness to engage on the substantive side of an issue that the only thing we can do is pull out the Hitler card to try and get my way. I'm telling you because I care. It's gross. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Totally. Okay, because they're not thinking about the kids. They're thinking about the political ideology and the political leverage that comes with it, which is why they say the things they say. Democrats are so full of crap. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, 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 look who's back in the studio for a big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's never, ever been late getting back. But that is a fact check false. You stop it. Big hour. Diamond Dave Landau is coming up. You and me are going to spend a little time as well. And I'm going to do it's almost like a roundup of crazy. I've covered a lot of crazy stories this week. And in my final hour of broadcasting. Uh, We're going to do like a what have we learned and what have we learned? Uh, The world has lost its mind, completely lost. Not pretty, but uh, 888-788-9910. If you want to help me find it through a series of serious analysis, humorous takes. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job done. Bottom line, I'm with the Duke on this one. It's going to be a big hour. So 888-788-9910. One thing I will add. Of note, so it was just coming up. I'm here at you know, Foxy's headquarters. I was just in an elevator, ran into Johnny Joey Jones, Brian Kilmeade. Kennedy was there, one half of the Laughs and Liberty Tour. She's got to get out there and make that extra money because the government keeps raising our taxes. Thanks, big government weenuses. <laughs> but we were in a really spirited elevator just now uh, here at Fox News headquarters. And as I get out of the elevator, this does happen to me from time to time, our elevators here at Fox have TVs in them. You know, and, you know, probably a lot of elevators do with it, just like showing like a local broadcast or whatever. We're, of course, showing, you know, Fox programming, whether it's on Fox Nation or it's Fox News, depending on the elevator you get into. You might be watching a ball game. So I have from time to time been in an elevator where there's like a Yankee game on and like I want to see the end of the at bat. So now I wind up standing there in the elevator. The doors closed. Now I'm riding to another floor. Well, just now as I was getting out of an elevator, I saw a clip. That just like my brain exploded and I just had to run down the hall. I was almost late to the start of this hour because of this clip. And uh, I don't even know how to make sense of this, but this is the lieutenant governor. Peggy Flanagan apparently is the woman's name. She is from uh, Minnesota. She's a Democrat out there. And she's making the claim. This is so crazy because some of you just heard my son on the show. Okay, and the parental stuff pops with me because I take the gig seriously. 
Like you'd never know it from the kids, you know, report cards. Um, you stop it. But I'm just saying in theory, uh, things that resonate with me usually happen on a parental level. Fentanyl, education, stuff like that. The transgender thing, of course. Here is Peggy Flanagan. This I, I was actually going to be late getting back to the studio when I heard this clip. This is Peggy Flanagan, lieutenant governor of Minnesota, saying it's life-saving. It is a life-saving maneuver to encourage young kids to switch their genders. It is life-saving. Saving. You don't have a clue. Dude, not only is it, it's not like it's disgusting, but here it is, clip 23. This is life affirming and life saving health care. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown ups to listen and to believe them. That's what it means oh, to sh- be a good parent. Oh, shut up, woman. Seriously, I will say it again. Oh, shut up, woman. That's what it means to be a good parent? Dude, being a good parent, I'm just going to tell you this, and I'll always preface it because the whole argument comes down to, well, if you don't agree with the trans agenda, you want them to die. You're a hate-filled bigot. No, no, no. Being a good parent means being a leader. It is not following the whims of your child and indulging them, as she just said. When our children tell us who they are, it's our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Okay, my brother Mike is a brilliant guy. Okay, when he was five years old, he used to eat sand pies at the beach. Okay, cousin Cindy would make him a sand pie. She'd say, hey, Mikey, we made pie. And she'd take a Frisbee and fill it up with sand and feed it to him. And he'd eat it. Okay, he liked eating sand pies. Said it was good for him. Okay, so now that Mike had established to the family that that's who he was, were we supposed to just indulge that and take his word for it? The answer would be no. No, not if we cared. Not if you wanted the kid to grow up and have a chance in life. Okay? When I was a little kid, I went through a superhero phase. Okay? I once jumped off the roof of my house thinking I could fly. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Okay? There's a reason my parents didn't start proofing the house to make sure there wasn't kryptonite in it. And what was the reason? I wasn't Superman. Correct the mundo. The point is, kids are stupid. Yeah, they do cute things. Yeah, they do funny things. Yeah, you love them. Yeah, they evolve. Yeah, they grow. Yeah, they learn. Yeah, they can sometimes be smarter than adults. But on the whole, they're children, which means they haven't developed enough. They haven't matured enough to make their own decisions. The reason the age of 18 is significant in this country is because, one, you're now allowed to vote because you're considered mature enough to contribute, allowed to drive, and allowed to make legal decisions for yourself because it is the age of 18 where we consider you mature enough emotionally and physically to make your own decisions. I think he's got a point. And the point is anyone telling you that we should be letting kids call the shots at the age of four or five or six. They're crazy. And understand, I'll say it again. 
If you have a four-year-old, if you have a five-year-old, if you have a six-year-old who wants to change genders, it's because you forced it on them. Bingo. I don't doubt there are people, boys that are into girl stuff, girls that are into boy stuff. We all knew plenty of tomboys growing up. Okay, we all knew plenty of boys who played with Barbie dolls. That's fine. Some of them grew up to be straight. Some of them grew up to be gay. But the point is we didn't pass an instantaneous judgment when a boy picked up a Barbie doll. All right, well, some of us did. I'm going to be honest. Some of us did. But the point is, over the course of time, kids grow. Their preferences change. Their personalities develop more. They evolve. And if so, they want to transition, they want to become something else, then you should absolutely let them do it once they're above the age of 18. The idea that some parent has forced gender ideology on a young kid, because I want you to understand, there's a lot of sick, bad parents out there. People want clout in this day and age. People want relevance. And you know what else people really want? They want grievance. We live in an age of incentivized grievance. I'm offended. I'm oppressed. Give me something. That's a big part of what this culture has become. We have placated a lot of the, you know, for better lack of a better word, we've placated a lot of Thank you. Okay, we've placated a lot of those. People who want attention for being unhappy. And that's exactly what this movement caters to. Oh, well, your kid had a bad day? Chop off his junk. No, your kid's been depressed lately. I think what he needs is a, let's start over. Let's get a whole new body. Oh, are you crazy? And again, I didn't just say, screw these kids. I didn't just say, make them feel welcome. I didn't just say, make them feel safe. I didn't say that, but that's how this argument's being had, and it's disgusting. Because you understand, these are little kids. These little kids don't know what they want from the world at the age of four or five, let alone what they want from themselves. And you can tell me they don't feel comfortable in their body, but here's a newsflash. One of the main reasons you don't necessarily feel so comfortable in your body at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve is because your body is in a constant state of upheaval because you are growing. So the idea that the bad guys in this argument are the ones that want to give these kids a chance to grow into what they're going to become before they decide to make a legally adult decision, okay, is a farce. It is straight-up social pressure democratic clown stuff. Here's Chasten Booty Judge. Pete Booty Judge. He's married to Pete Booty Judge. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Your transportation secretary who posted a photo of himself chest-feeding babies after they adopted babies. Hey, gay couples should absolutely adopt babies. You want babies to grow up in loving households? Okay, if this is a family that wants to have babies, absolutely. But the whole pretend idea that men can breastfeed when we know it's biologically impossible, that's clown stuff. And that's a fringe element he's catering to. But why? Because they're manufacturing a civil rights movement. They're trying to force this gender ideology onto as many young people as possible so they can, one, turn them into a voting block, and two, call anybody, anybody who voices objection to this a bigot, a transphobe, somebody they can ostracize from polite society as a means of accumulating more political capital for establishing this line of grievance. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Here is Chasten Booty Judge saying the GOP is making a calculated choice. We're going after trans kids. No, we're not, because they don't exist unless you make them. Clip 24. I think it's an extremely dangerous time, and it's a really upsetting time, because 
nothing could be more important than showing up and protecting our families, but the yes. way in which they say they're showing up for our families, mm -hmm. this conversation about giving parents more choice, mm -hmm. uh, protecting children, They've, what they've really done is, is, and they've done quite a good job. It's, it's been a very well coordinated and well funded mm -hmm. effort to attack the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. specifically with the book bans. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. you look at what, what many of these things have in common, they're extremely vulnerable children. Mm -hmm. And so you have groups of politicians who are making calculated choices, mm -hmm. maybe because they're losing some policy arguments, uh, to go after extremely vulnerable kids especially trans kids yeah. oh shut up woman i mean come on dude play it for you too chased and booty judge i mean seriously dude you are so full of shit. okay the idea that his argument is here well the way they're showing up for families giving parents more choice exactly the parents are the only ones that should have a choice mom can i go to the movies there my friends no mom can i have 50 but no and yes occasionally they say yes but the parents are in charge. That's the whole point. And they're in charge because they're supposed to know better than the kid. But sadly, in this instance, there are a lot of parents out there who want an accessorized kid. Okay, who keep, okay, you must be trapped in the wrong body. Are you in the wrong body? I think you're in the wrong body. You should get a, you should be in the wrong, you should get in the wrong body. And then he can walk around and be like, my kid's trans. And to be clear, I don't doubt there are people who feel trapped in the wrong body. And I'm not denying them their right to evolve. But this idea that what the Democrats are pushing is less parental oversight. Hey, we know some of the homes might not be supportive. So if we spend all day in the classroom telling your kid he wants to transition and then lo and behold he does, we don't have to tell the parents because we know they might not be supportive. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But the best argument against a child being allowed to transition is made by the current face of the movement. Not Caitlyn Jenner, the one who put trans people on the map. She was ostracized from society for being a Republican. But Rachel Levine, who serves pretty prominently in the Biden administration, Rachel Levine, a biological man, okay, who is now dressed as a woman. Uh, here is Rachel Levine back in 2019 saying he was glad... He waited to transition. Huh, you don't say. So the person forcing transitions on little kids was glad he waited till adulthood. Here's clip 25. You know, my transition was very different because for many reasons, professional and mostly personal reasons, I transitioned over 10 years. Okay? Most people don't take that long to transition. First of all, young people are not willing to do that anymore. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if I, was 50, if I was 15 now, I don't know if I would have taken so long, but... but Again, when I was 15, what were you going to say and who would you tell and how would you possibly express that? But um, so the, the language started about, you know, so that was now 20 years ago um, when I started, when I kind of started this journey. And it was starting to become more in culture in the Internet and support groups, etc. So um, uh, so I took a long time. Um, I don't regret uh, any of that, any of that. But I have no regrets because if I transitioned when I was young and I wouldn't have my children. Oh, I can't imagine a life without my children. And so every experience led me to here. And um, uh, and so how could I regret that? Wow. You suck, you jackass. Did you hear that? Well, if I would have transitioned young, then I wouldn't have my children. Exactly. A young kid denied their biological rights because of this movement. Should they not have a chance to explore their biological rights in full? Their gifts endowed upon them from the creator in full? 
before some hopped-up parent puts them on hormone blockers and tries to change their gender in the name of, A, a political ideology, and, B, a kid who, yes, might wind up growing up to be trans, but has no option if, heaven forbid, they regret that choice. I'm telling you because I care. What they are pushing on the left... This is absolutely gross. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Diamond Dave Landau coming up. His opening act is listening on WVMT up in Salisbury, Vermont. Dennis is in the house. Yo, Dennis! Jimmy, um, you know, I, I wonder if those who throw around the euphemism gender-affirming care um, uh, would, would call, like, African nations backwards because they have no gender-affirming care where famine, drought, and uh, war and real oppression reign. No. Uh, listen, the whole transition thing, it's it's when you talk about the height of privilege, my man. Yes. Poor families aren't having this conversation. Poor countries having ha- aren't having this conversation. We're so wealthy, fat, spoiled and stupid in this country that we're now creating adversities like we're at literally creating a new civil rights movement because we don't have one left. Black people are fully accepted and incorporated into society. Ninety nine point nine percent of the country's passed it. Gay people fully incorporated into society. Ninety nine point nine percent of the country's passed it. There's nowhere in our society you can be openly biased against anything but white Christians. To be clear, you can keep your job if you say anything about white people, but I'm not even here to push back against it so much as I'm here to point out we're out of grievance movements. We're out of civil rights. So this is just new made up civil rights by wealthy, rich people on the left that want to use it for political power. Can you am I wrong about any of that? No, no, no. I think first you have to be like idle and comfortable before you uh, get to the point where you demand that the weird be mainstreamed as a social justice movement. Well, here's the thing. I do not doubt for a second that there are people who legitimately have this concern and actually face this adversity. But what I'm pushing back against is not their right to be accepted and even be considered mainstream. What I'm pushing back against is this idea that they're really trying to sell this new lifestyle. It's not that we're here to tolerate it. We're here to create more of it is what's going on. It's like, ah, oh, take a kid to a drag show. Ah, oh, you know what I mean? Read these dirty sex books, you know? It's recruiting. It is, make no mistake about it, it is recruiting. It's not being done to make the people who might feel that way feel more accepted because here's a newsflash. When you're that young, you don't know this is an option. You just don't know. A kid doesn't know he's trapped in the wrong body okay a kid does not know that's a thing unless a parent is like you know you might be trapped in the wrong body it's leading the witness is what i'm trying to say dennis and uh as the judge in this courtroom i can't i can't have it um what's going on in vermont this weekend real quick anything anything happening well i hear that this afternoon on the jimmy Fallon show in vermont they're going to have uh dave landau the sexiest man in comedy oh and jimmy Fallon, the sexiest man on talk radio you better believe simultaneously. it I'll, no, no, listen, I, I think I think the, both of those votes are in. We don't even have to count the mail-in votes. I think we can declare victory in both fronts. Great call as always, Dennis. Diamond Dave Landau, his fine self, back after this.
Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you happen to be in Pasadena at the Ice House this weekend, you can see this next guest just described by one of our callers as the sexiest man in comedy. And I am as shocked as you are. I can't believe they're just going to assume his gender like that. But Diamond Dave Landau is here to confirm or deny. What's up, girl? Hey, baby. Uh, well, whoever uh, mm-hmm. called you is clearly drunk on this fine St. Patty's Day. <laughs> He's up in Vermont, Dennis. And uh, oh, I love Dennis. De- Dennis is a Dennis is a good egg up in Vermont. He declared you the sexiest man in comedy. So, I I don't take the belt and run with it is what I say. I'm going to do it. Why not? I no one's ever called me that, but in comedy, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's a, it's it's not a big field. I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, no, no, yeah. And, and we don't have a lot of not a lot of show ponies out there, but uh, no, I mean, it's like being the happiest kid at the orphanage in 1830. <laughs> I'll tell you, this one's always in a good mood. Oh, funny hell. Well, listen, if you're up in if you're up in Vermont, you don't have to worry about drunk driving. The cop, the only thing the cops enforce. I was just in Vermont. Is you will get stopped for driving without a Subaru. That's a big thing. Yes, that's true. Yes. Also, if there's not a coexist bumper sticker <laughs> on it, that's a point on your license. Uh, how far are we, the way things are going with the military? We always talk about all this, like, we had this story this week where they're increasing spending on climate change for our military vehicles by by 40%, which has nothing to do with winning a war, to be clear. But how far are we from woke initiatives corrupting the Army to the point that what you just mentioned, like a coexist sticker, are we going to see Army tanks with a hate has no home here sticker on the back? <laughs> That's true. They're like, right. Who should we shoot at? We're like, well, we got to make sure it's diverse, guys. <laughs> so we don't, we can't just take them all out at once. This, this is how we're, this is how we're going to avoid war in the future. Because if the other armies aren't inclusive enough, we're like we're not just going to blow up one one race. You're right. No, we have to do. We'll have to do them <laughs> slowly. Well, and if you look at it that way too, uh, with gas in tanks, I mean, I guess it's better that there's a less explosive fuel inside of them. Yes. But I love how that wasn't thought of to protect human lives. It's nope. just like, hey, we don't want as much rain. <laughs> if we could just cut down on the rain when we're storming the beach. There's already water. You know what I mean? These guys, a lot of these guys are going to get wet in the boat anyway. So if we could just dial back the rain a little bit. There is well, no- I'm sure in the, the beaches of Normandy, they were like, oh, this water's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, why well, we seem to be fighting the wrong b- battles, Diamond Dave. Uh, have you made it to Pasadena yet for your weekend gigs? I have. I'm, I'm a little old lady here in Pasadena. That's right. <laughs> you heard me. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm here. It's it's nice. There's a uh, there's almost no homeless people in all of L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine, and you don't have to clarify. <laughs> I was just letting you talk past the little old lady from Pasadena joke. I was giving you freebie. You've, you've brought I, so I much joy it. to this show over the years. I'm not going to call you off for one one little old lady of Pasadena pun. You're fine. And I, uh, I feel like I feel like I, I earned that. You should hit me the next time you see me. <laughs> Well, I was going to bail you out and just say you weren't even referencing the song. You were just probably doing some role playing for some side cash. <laughs> well. Yeah. There's uh, there's several bars here that are very appreciative of it. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, Diamond Dave Landau is on the phone. You can see him at the 
Ice House in Pasadena all weekend long, which is so exciting. I, you know, my and thing tickets is tickets only left tonight. Ooh. Sorry, that's a no, no. I love that. Yeah, Saturday night tonight. is Saturday sold out, sold out, but tickets left for tonight. Wow, that's hot. Well, you should you should go hang out with Diamond Dave. I love it out there so much. It's like my favorite place in the world because growing up in the East Coast, you always kind of romanticize the West Coast. You know, so even the first time I went to San Francisco, it had already quit. Like San Francisco looked like Calcutta the first time I was there. And, uh, you know, there were all kinds of, like, faith healers and people claiming to be the Messiah. It was crazy. And um, I still, though, was so excited to be there because it's something in my head I kind of grew up, you know, romanticizing because you never got to see it. And it's the same way with the area you're in now. But make no mistake about it. Like, you are walking down the street, and uh, there are certain scenes where you make a right, and you're in, like, a Kurt Russell, like, Escape from L.A. movie. Are you not? Oh, exactly. And it's not the set. (laughs) <laughs> Even though it's near Hollywood, it's it, it really is terrifying. Like, what what I do find amazing though is I saw a guy's tent yesterday on a pretty decent piece of land, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's the way you live. Like, you just take it. <laughs> like that guy's that guy's just living his life, sitting on a, a, a half a million dollar easy piece of property, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just live here now, and it's like. Because you're so liberal, you won't say anything to them. <laughs> no, oh, no. It's his now. No, they're, 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 not, they're not saying a word. One of, one of the funniest things I ever heard the last time I was in L.A., I was, in, I was specifically in Santa Monica, and this guy was telling me how real estate is, is prioritized the same way it is if you own something. And that some, I heard, dude had said, that mother effer is getting laid like crazy because he's got the best overpass on the tent. And like that's like you know what I'm saying? Yo, you saw his overpass, bro? He's literally living Man. under an overpass, but there is a caste system to the quality of highway you happen to be living under. There is. That's fine real estate when you think about it. I mean there's there's access to the airports where you can Yo, that's funny. Yo, an LA real estate show called Love It or Piss It, because you can pee yeah. on it. What does this one cost? It's like, well, you got to kill those two guys, <laughs> and then it's yours. You can. <laughs> it's been on the market thirty minutes. If you can OD yes. these two guys. <laughs> yeah, what's your budget? Uh, we got some fentanyl and steak knives. <laughs> flip, flip this mouse. Yeah, <laughs> HGTV presents. Flip this mouse. The the Property Brothers until episode three, where he's just missing. <laughs> the Property Brother. <laughs> Listen, I always I had a great job. I had a great idea for a show, and I think it, I actually think the show would crush. You know, we have Shark Tank. Wouldn't you make yes. a much better show if you went down market and did a show called Lone Shark Tank, where it's oh, li- I would love that. Literally, guys just making the case for why they should get six hundred dollars at thirty percent basis points because they're in a jam with a bookie. Isn't that a better show? I think that's a way better show. You just go into somebody's house, <laughs> start knocking over all their stuff. That's so great. Oh, this is a nice. Is this your family? Yeah. Is this your family right here? Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and oh, it'd be a shame if something were to happen to them. <laughs> And to be clear, everybody's like, oh, that's violent. I'm like, have you watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta? 
come on. Oh, it's man. far less violent. <laughs> it's, it's actually family <laughs> programming. It's five family programming. Hey, oh, there it is. Hey, all boroughs. <laughs> Dave Landau is on the show. We're having the best time. Well, you bring up the Property Brothers. Last night, in what I consider to be the high point of my career anywhere near showbiz, I was on Hannity and I got to meet the two dudes who beat up Jesse Smollett. I saw the picture. Oh, it's the greatest thing. I was thing. very impressed. It's that that is for me is it doesn't get any more highbrow than that. I loved them so and much. I, Go ahead. I I gotta be honest though. I, I thought they were white. <laughs> it being MAGA country, them having bleach and a noose according to the descriptor. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I didn't read any more into it. I know it's it is you know what's it is funny though? I see why else you'd make that assumption because it's two guys who frequently go on Craigslist and get paid to be beat up. It is usually a white yeah. person on the other end of the ad, is it not? Usually it is when you show up. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you request something else. Uh. Try hiring a hitman. It is not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Diamond Dave Landau is on the phone. So they were telling me the story. Was... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no he... go ahead. I'm very interested in them, honestly. Uh, yes. No, I had specific questions about him. Like, these guys hang out with Jesse Smollett. They knew who he is. And, I, you know, you'd assume he is a sociopath. And uh, he kind of is. So what they described him to me as is they're like, you know, he's very genuine. He's very sincere. You know, and when he's he's really telling you the story, it's like it's very convincing. I'm like, yeah, he's an actor. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but he's a really bad director is the point I made to them. I'm like, because I don't know what you guys thought at the time you were pulling this together. And we got into that. I'm like, but I don't know what you guys thought at the time you were pulling this together. I'm like, but to anybody who was like an inch away, like emotionally detached from the story, none of it made sense. Like when you heard that story. <laughs> That it's 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 fourteen below zero. It's two in the morning, and he has a hankering for Subway. Uh, was there any yeah. part of your body that thought this was a legit story? No, not for a second. Well, especially when you yelled, "It's MAGA country in Chicago." <laughs> <laughs> well, and even even with that too, it's like, look, the props department needed some work. <laughs> um, I understand you had a couple of hats. But if somebody's been beaten up, it's best to not report the crime while holding an intact sandwich. <laughs> nobody, nobody really wants to eat Subway to begin with. Yeah, let's well, be honest. Well, how funny is that they're they're willing to hold it like a baby during a beating? You know, you know what's funny about that? Subway <laughs> is probably who went to the cops and outed this because of how bad it made their sandwich look. They're like these guys mugged him and didn't even take the sandwich. Right. You, <laughs> You think it very rarely do you find the the mugger who wants you to be nourished, who's worried about malnourishing his victim. You know what I'm saying? Oh, very rarely. It's like, yeah, you look, keep the keep the food. <laughs> it's like making sure you still have your ID in your wallet. <laughs> now I know, I know you've been mugged, but here's an orange wedge and a juice box. I don't want yeah, you to be, exactly. no. I just want to make sure you can still you have enough sustenance to get help. <laughs> Ah, it was so funny. So let me tell you the deal. The one dude is uh, a a boxing champion back in Africa. He's an act, so he can fight. Like obviously, he could have beaten Jesse Smollett up. Um, but the way yeah, they he can did take it, out a lion. Yeah, <laughs> like on the way to school in third grade, you might right. run into a lion. Like we get upset because you might have a rude bus driver. This guy has yeah, you, Mufasa. <laughs> 
Yeah, you get a bully. This guy gets a rhino. <laughs> We're over here complaining. <laughs> he called me names, and this guy's like, he ate my cousin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he dragged him into the swamp. Yeah, perspective. <laughs> we haven't seen him. So they were great. They were, so he's telling me he's telling me the story of like you know Jesse Smollett obviously wanted to stage this crime, but he didn't actually want to get hit, as you'd imagine. So they agreed on a noogie, and he he literally uh. like they attacked him in public, thinking it would get picked up by surveillance cameras, and they committed it enough to make it believable. But he noogied into his cheek with his knuckles to give him the wealth that he wanted without actually physically hurting him. And Jesse Smollett to this day, despite these guys being on record as saying all of this, despite there being video evidence for all of it, video evidence that shows how fake the phone call is, he is still standing his ground. So there's a part of me that finds him fascinating to be like that level of sociopath because it's a superpower to be that detached and shameless. Uh, But is there is there an upside to this? Is there a world where Jesse Smollett comes out on the other side of this faux racism birth canal as a hero still? Is he holding out for like the world's going to change in a way where we glorify this? Well, if they redo the Wonder Years again, he could (laughs) he could definitely take a whooping from whoever plays the older brother, Wayne, with all them noogies. (laughs) The Wonder Years with with the older brothers now, Dwayne. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, yeah I, I, would have, I really don't think so. I, I think he's the only guy because it was funny that even when that happened, Chappelle came out and was like calling him Jesse Smollett. Juicy. And just juicy, juicy Smollett. Yeah. And he was like, so you were in Chicago near, wasn't it the South Side? Yeah. And he's like, and they were wearing MAGA hats yelling, this is, this is MAGA country. <laughs> it's like, okay. Maybe we're not going to jump on this right away. (laughs) We'll just wait for the report before we jump. You know, there wasn't – it's even Al Sharpen's like, I'm going to have to put you on hold. (laughs) It's like, yo, hello, Tawana Brawley. Yeah. So what are you doing this weekend? (laughs) What's going on, girl? What you up to? Yeah, there's (laughs) – yeah, there's yeah. Anybody who is just uh, uh, would jump on any one of those stories for promo was just like, mm, no, I don't think so. It, it, it was funny too because he had just lost that job. Like yep. you had heard that he had just lost his job on uh, I forget what the show. Empire. Was. Well, here's the deal, dude. Empire. Yeah. This is a part of the story nobody tells you. He had faked a hate letter to the producers of Empire. He wrote a letter threatening his own life to the producers of Empire. And they had an internal investigation. This is part of the documentary. They had an internal investigation, and they quickly concluded in like a half hour that he had written it himself. They're like, dude, this is on the back of your bank statement. Like it was that absurd. Yeah, well, he also hand-delivered it himself in a MAGA hat and a fake mustache. (laughs) It was was actually him and two of his friends. Remember in cartoons when kids would form an adult by putting on a trench coat and standing on each other's shoulders? <laughs> that was the original gig. Him and those two brothers formed a taller person, so he walked in there as a seven foot one guy in a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> walks up to the over the head of ABC or NBC or whatever that was on. Just yeah, there's a fifteen foot man here yep. who uh, three of them. <laughs> he says he's going to kill Jesse <laughs> if we don't renew his contract. <laughs> I don't know how he got in the building. He's in full clan attire. It's so bizarre. Very, very odd. Very tall, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny. Oh. It's, he's 
He's not wearing gloves, so you're going to find it strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, yeah, he's, yeah, that guy, I just think he ruined it for himself where I don't, he's a sociopath, so he's probably a good actor. Yeah, he's actually. And he's dumb, you, so he's probably a good actor. You know where this ends? This probably ends with him in Congress. He'll probably wind up representing Chicago in Congress in like five years. That's very true. I hear they don't want the mayor anymore. <laughs> And let's be honest, he's easier on the eyes, no matter what sex you are. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> Diamond Dave, uh, my mic's been cut, but if yours is still on and you can hear this, I kid. Uh, good luck tonight at the Ice House in Pasadena, folks. A handful of tickets still available. Uh, good luck. Have a good show and all of that stuff, and we'll, t- we'll talk over the weekend. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. My man. There he goes. There we go. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Good for you. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth, rounding out a spirited week of radio. I am taking my talents over to the story with Martha McCallum after this, 3 p.m. on the Fox News Channel. Tonight, uh, you can see me at 6 o'clock on Fox Business with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. And then at 9 o'clock. If you're still watching Fail-A-Vision, I am on the Sean Hannity Show. Tomorrow I am hosting the Big Saturday Show at 5 p.m. Tomorrow night I'll be on One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. And then Sunday I am hosting the Big Sunday Show. So we got a lot of action this week, and I'll be working. But you guys, you know, relax, have some fun. Drink one for me. If you're into that sort of thing, it is St. Patrick's Day. Please party responsibly. I, of course, am wearing a beige cowboy shirt today. Why? Because that's a pro move. If I go out with Emily Campagno after Kill Me tonight and get all pie-eyed, cops ain't looking at me. They're like, that guy's in a beige cowboy shirt. He's not a St. Patrick's Day reveler. Some poor guy in a green shirt's going to get a tail home, but not your buddy Jimmy Fallon. I'll be riding high in my overweight figure skater outfit yet again. Uh, I have to tell you, if you are anywhere on the West Coast, The shows in Bend, Oregon and Boise are about to sell out, but I have had so much, uh, man, just so much fun out there. We're going to be adding dates. Okay, we have 20 dates coming in total for the Laughs and Liberty Tour with Kennedy, but I just received word that our other shows sold out on the West Coast, which blows my mind. I'm honored and humbled and everything in between. I'm going to try not to get emotional, but I am going to make a campaign promise to get back there. Until then, this show's over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.